Hello and welcome to the Field of 68's Best Bet Show. It is the Tuesday edition. As always, we are presented by our wonderful sponsor at Bet Rivers. Shout out to Bet Rivers. We will be citing their lines throughout the show here today. Fellas, we had a big old Monday, the true big Monday of basketball. Uh, lots to look back on. Any specific takeaways for you, though? I want to uh, go to Kai first here. Anything you took away from the, the big Monday of hoops? You know, Jim, no, not really. I went to see a movie. I went to see Licorice Pizza. It was really I good. I, I, I highly recommend you guys see the movie. Um, There's okay. no chance I see it. Terrific. I, I did watch the Purdue Illinois game. Uh, Dayball, fantastic uh, game for Dayball. Holy cow. Double overtime. Mm-hmm. Kofi Coburn. Hey, it seems like when he finally plays a guy, it's as bigger, bigger than him. He struggles a little bit. Who knew? Zach Eady was dominating him yeah. early on in that game. Mm-hmm. Wow. <clears throat> wow. Also, although it helps being 7'4 and a million pounds. Uh, great game. I hope we get day ball like that all the time. It's fantastic, Matthew. It is. Uh, hey, who's better? Purdue, Illinois? Purdue. Purdue. I agree. Okay. Just want to make sure. I feel like that's... Didn't they, didn't they just prove take. that? I think they did. Yeah, I know one game. Hey, we, well, we're, we're not... We one know better than that. Yeah. We know better than yeah. that. So you got to look at it from... If these teams played a seven-game series, that's how I always look at like comparing two teams in a vacuum. Anyway, Kai, I'm frustrated with slash concerned about Nevada. Nevada, Nevada. Steve Alford and his trusty sidekick, Craig Noodles... Smith, there's some issues there, man. Um, I think Neil, we can right? look. Craig's noodles, Neil. Sorry, not Smith. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, Craig Smith's my Don't guy. Don't you slander my Craig guy. Smith. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I apologize. Craig Smith is an absolute god in the coaching pantheon. But Jim, did we overhype Nevada preseason? I think we can safely say yes. I would say that we were a little more tepid than. Sorry, most. we were correct because we're smart. But well, everyone no, else, I, I, I think we were still wrong. Because uh, yeah, you know, we were. We, we, yeah. we had him up in like the the top potential tier team that could win the Mountain West. And yeah, they, they, they are not that. At least we didn't pick them as the winner, Matthew. We, we, we avoided that. Yeah, that, that. those were tough, tough takes. Not H12. Yeah. Um, hey, Kai, I just wanted to add one thing on to that Illinois-Purdue game. Yes. Andre Curbelo was awesome. And yeah, he was great. I was, I was a skeptic about his fit coming back. I think part of why he was so great is because of the Kofi foul trouble, and it had to be Curbelo's show, and it wasn't like he was detracting from Kofi touches. So I'm still curious uh, about how it's going to go in the future, but he had zero turnovers. He had some mega clutch buckets late, a couple key passes, basically the bucket to go to OT and the pass to go to double OT. He was mm-hmm. really terrific. I, I was mega impressed by him in his first game back after such a long layoff. Yeah. Um, other things, Matt, quick, your Indiana Hoosiers road ATS streak, losing streak continues, not able to cover against Nebraska. We love that. But it went out right. Perfect. Oh, love that one. It kind of hits the threads the old needle. Outright win. We're all happy. We all sing Kumbaya. But us Nebraska backers, Jim, be cashed. Matt, are your Hoosiers ready for Purdue? I don't know. We're not. I don't think they are. Um, <laughs> we're not. I still think this IU team is really good, Jim. I just think there's too many weapons and Woodson has no clue on how to deploy them. Yeah, we'll, we'll discuss that game on the show later this week. But uh, I, I'm, I'm concerned for Indiana in that particular matchup. All right, yeah. let's get into today's slate it is a pretty solid one guys a lot of good power conference games even a couple sneaky mid-major battles that we have on the outline so those are coming uh, we will start with kansas at oklahoma man kai i i kind of it had slipped my mind until i was preparing for the show this is the mccormick versus tanner groves rematch yep. from the ncaa tournament last oh, year sure is, wow. Jim. sure is and mccormick smashed in that one he had 22 and 9 but groves had 35 so do we see the same yep. kind of prolific scoring on both sides yeah, I wrote that down, Jim. Uh, I think both bigs have huge edges on offense, right? Groves can pull McCormick away from the rim. He did it, 
last year in the tournament. Like you said, 35 points, five for 11 from three uh, on fire, made a household name for himself. Basically the reason he's at Oklahoma right now. And then, yeah, McCormick came off the bench, had 22 and nine. He dominated inside. Now Oklahoma is a much better defense than Eastern Washington was, but I don't think there's anybody on the team that can really guard him one-on-one in the post. Spread seems a little bit low in my opinion, Matt. I'm of the opinion that Kansas is a lot better than Oklahoma, but it's a mega spot for OU off two road losses. We saw what they did to Iowa State at home earlier this year. And just a third roadie for Kansas. They haven't been as crisp away from the fog. I see the spot advantages for Oklahoma. I think the line favors Kansas a little bit. Yeah, Kai, you mentioned their first two road games. KU starts off, started off Big 12 play on the road, went into Oklahoma State, and I thought played pretty well. You know, one by 11, I thought exerted their dominance that we expected to see. Then they followed up with the tough loss at Texas Tech, which we now know is in no way an indictment, um, just given how well they played. Kyle, I'm with you. The spread just feels really short to me, um, mm-hmm. just given the way we saw McCormick play last game. Also, Jalen Wilson quietly had one of his best games of the year, too. Both those are huge, huge pieces in this matchup, especially against Porter Moser, who has those kind of switchy wing forward, big tweener dudes that hold use in specific, well-calculated mismatch type scenarios. Um, I have to respect poor Moser. I have to respect OU at home, but I'm with Kai. The line's too cheap. I would lay three and a half. Yeah, it's it's definitely Kansas lean on number, but we don't know about Remy Martin. He hasn't played, uh, might not be back, truly a day-to-day thing per Bill Self. I think he matters. Like, yes, Safu's been solid. DeWan Harris has been solid, but Remy Martin has been like really good in his role. He's, he's accepted he has. the lower usage thing, and uh, I think he helps them when he's out there, more dynamism offensively. But as Matt noted, the Wilson-McCormick game's last outing were, were pretty huge. Now, I'm curious with McCormick because he had 17 and 15 against Oklahoma State, and then he had five combined in the next two games. Yeah, he's very Jekyll and Hyde. Actually, right? yeah, are we going to get consistent McCormick? This is certainly a matchup for him. We've, we've seen him score on Groves before, so mm-hmm. hopefully they get that from him and, and you guys if you are back in the, the three and a half. I'm, I'm sitting on my hands. I think numerically you're on the right side, but it just, I don't know. Kansas hasn't fully had it recently like they didn't get away from West Virginia for quite a while in that game either so sitting on my hands on that one I all also right. under we don't we all like the under there I thought we all agreed on that maybe just me okay I like the under I think this gets really slow really sloppy under's decent but Matt you know what it'll probably go to overtime so f unders uh, I hate he's overtime jaded. yeah I am me and Jim are gonna whine today Kai sorry you'll have to provide a uh, a jolt of optimism uh yes please do unders are they just die in overtime, and it's sad. All right, next game, Duke <laughs> at Florida State. Some definite uh, player availability concerns here. Malik Osborne was out yep. last game for Florida mm-hmm. State. He's crucial, plays that small ball five for them. Mateo, though, your Blue Devils, they're rolling with Keels, yes. getting the keys the keys to the car, Trevor Keys, as the, uh, <laughs> the, the the new point guard, Jeremy Roach, coming off the bench. Do you think this is just kind of Duke's in a different class at this point? Tough to say. I think the real emergence has been A.J. Griffin, who kind of had a stinker of a game against NC State. He was invisible, but I think that just shows how dominant Duke is. They still won by 15, you know, pretty convincingly there. Uh, the weight game was really his coming out party, and the whole lineup reshuffle was to make room for him. Jim, I'm with you. I, I think this line does feel a little cheap. I still have Florida State rated pretty highly, though. I, I haven't quite ridden them off as fraudulent this year. Um, I'm still putting a little bit of stock in the fact that their COVID pause was very long, Kai. They have a lot of new pieces to integrate this season. Um, lineup has not been very consistent going back and forth. And they have the athletes. They have the, the athletic pedigree to not be overwhelmed by Duke, yeah. as so many teams in the ACC are. So I think matchup-wise, we actually make a decent case for Florida State here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the Osborne thing is kind of a big piece. Um, I, I know I'm, the players don't matter 
czar here, but uh, I like to kind of go against that zig when I zag sometimes on that one. I've seen it. I've seen it a hundred times already today uh, on Twitter. You said it. FSU has the athleticism and the size to combat Duke. I just don't think it matters. I don't think that Florida State's even close to being as good as Duke. And now you take Osborne out. That's bad news for Florida State's offense. They're under a point per possession when he's off the floor. They're going to struggle to score uh, heavily. It's tough to score inside against Florida State, so Duke has to hit some shots. Um, but they have some, some personnel. They have some guys who can shoot this year, as we've discussed in the past. The gut tells me minus five. I think Duke wins by double digits. I, I think it's their game. I sort of think so too, Matt. You're talking matchup. You know, I, Florida State's big on like trying to force isolation and like takeaway ball movement. And I think that's fine for Duke. They've got Duke's like, sure, that's what we do already. Plenty <laughs> yeah. of guys that can put the ball on the floor and beat you one-on-one, either score at the rim or, or um, finish or, or kick out against doubles. So I, I think it's kind of a decent matchup for, for Duke in that regard. It's just road Duke. So sometimes you don't know what you're going to get with a really, mm-hmm. really young team. Uh, Leonard Hamilton has been a, a feisty competitor against the Blue Devils in the past. So, uh, again, stay away from me. Kai, I wish you luck with your, with your gut there. I like that. Thanks, Jim. Uh, next one, man, uh, another Big 12 squad like Kansas that we thought was going to be the favorite heading into this Big 12 season, but they just lost two home games in the same week as the number one team in the country. First time that's ever happened, Kai. That's kind of wild. Mm-hmm. Um, now we got game time decisions with James Akinjo and Jeremy Sohan. I think those guys matter a ton, specifically yeah. Akinjo late against Oklahoma State. They just couldn't get decent possessions to get good shots up. So now heading to West Virginia. Bob Huggins, really good game planner, probably going to make it very obvious that the head of the snake is gone for the Baylor offense. Do you think the Bears get back on track, or is this a big home win for the Mountaineers? Yeah, you would think no Sohan, no Akinjo. Okay, home run spot for West Virginia, except Baylor's off two losses. It's hard to call this a home run spot when arguably the best team in the country is hungry to get back in the win column. And West Virginia, Matt, has been meh this year. I mean, Mm -hmm. they have two top 50 wins. That's UAB and Oklahoma State. Kansas just throttled them. I think Baylor's going to grab 100 rebounds. Even if the offense is bad, the shooting's off without a Kenjo, they're going to dominate the class. West Virginia hasn't shown any resistance uh, inside on the defensive rebounding uh, aspect, and Baylor dominates that. I was looking at some uh, in-conference two-point field goal percentage things on Kempom here. So Baylor's dead last in two-point percentage, two-point percentage field goal defense. That's West Virginia is number one. We look at hoop math. Baylor is the sixth best team in the country at disallowing rim looks. Basically means, and almost dead last mid-range, basically means teams are hitting mid-range jumpers against Baylor like crazy. West Virginia does shoot a lot of mid-range jumpers. I think mm-hmm. that's uh, not going to hold up for very long. I think it's a big advantage point for Baylor. West Virginia's got to rely on tough shots to win. Very fence on this game. Can't bag West Virginia, I don't think, despite the quote-unquote good spot for them without the, uh, the injuries on Baylor's side. I'll keep it short and sweet. I think the matchup points you guys made are astute. I'm looking just purely at a gut feel spot price. I think this is cheap. I know West Virginia has not been great this season, um, but man, Bob Huggins catching more than five at home in a conference game, especially when he still has some prerequisite size up front to bang. And you got Sherman and McNeil, two dudes that we know can just start hitting, you know, circus shots. And Kai, you mentioned the the mid range, the no middle mid range bait that Baylor kind of lays out back to the gym's point with Duke against Florida state. I think same thing here, like West Virginia is going to take those shots. And this is like that home hype spot where they make them. And I just think this is a game that they win. So go ears at home, huggy bear. Don't let me down. 
Yeah, I, the thing with Baylor, man, like I, I thought they would come out with their hair on fire after the the loss, the first loss at home to Texas Tech, and then they got down like twenty seven to ten against Oklahoma State. And that's with Akinjo healthy. That was before he got hurt. So that that might have said a little more to me about this team doesn't have the same juice or killer instinct that last year does, uh, or maybe Sohan is that important. That that might be also part yeah, of what's going it could on be. there. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, next game on the slate. I saw a couple people mention it as a possible trap line here, Kai. Wisconsin headed to Northwestern. Man, the Badgers, they have been rolling, especially with Johnny Davis in the lineup. They've also rolled at Northwestern in recent past. They're 7-1-1 one, and yeah. one against the spread their past nine meetings at Northwestern. The only time they lost is when Northwestern was actually favored. So uh, this is not that situation. You get a really short line here with possibly the national player of the year, Kai, and a stout defense for the Badgers. Is it too short? I'm going to be in attendance this game, guys. I'm covering the game for three-man weave at Northwestern tonight. I'm uh, well, you can't give it. an opinion then the way Kirk Herbstreit doesn't give us right. opinions on college uh, game day. Uh, that's right. Spread does feel short. Um, unfortunately, everyone thinks that, so that, that, that kind of tells you all you need to know about the spread. Uh, Kempom made it one. Now, Matt, my key angle here is Pete Nance. I know Northwestern just beat Michigan State on the road without him which makes no sense to me. I don't know how they did it. They also missing, missing Elijah Williams. Wisconsin, I think, is since they're rolling right now, without Nance in the lineup, I don't think Northwestern really has a shot tonight. Wisconsin's won six straight, covered four straight. Interesting on the total angle here, West, Wisconsin has six straight overs this season. Uh, they're, they're kind of an over team lately, but without Nance in the lineup, I actually kind of like the under in this game. And I don't think lightning strike, strikes twice with Northwestern winning. I lean Wisconsin. I lean the under. Yeah, Ryan Young was a beast, uh, monster. basically stepping in for Nance there, uh, up front against Sparty's front line. Northwestern, we keep talking about how we're like, every spread that gets posted on their games, like, ah, it's a low spread. Ah, it's a low spread. Like, why are the odds makers so high on Northwestern? Why are the analytic rankings so high on Northwestern? And we're not wrong, by the way. They're two and four against the numbers so far in conference play. Now, they've been competitive in all those games, so it's not like they've been wrong you know, they've had multiple, I think leaves that they've blown second half. They play a the lot Jimmy, of 35 minute games. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. And I think the, the key here is um, this is the current number at two and a half, three, depending on where you look is probably baking in too much for home. Jimmy, you mentioned like teams like Wisconsin, Michigan state. I just don't give a ton of home at Wells shrine for the, the purple kittens. Kai. Now I know you'll be there. I know you'll be beating your chest, you know, face body painted purple with, no with left shark in front row. Press row. Um, so maybe I didn't press row. Okay. Well, I don't know. You might just be in the fans for the first half and just cover second half. <laughs> just something to think about. Jim, I got no side here. I think Wisconsin feels too short for me. So I lean that way though. Yeah. I, I lean towards Wisconsin too. This is uh, Matt. And you mentioned not giving a lot of home like Northwestern is the classic more road fans than home because yes. every big 10 school moves a bunch of people to Chicago. They go to Northwestern game when they're in town and the crowd is like split 50, 50. So you're basically getting a, mm-hmm semi-hostile environment for the home team and yeah nance is is huge i think he's kind of a matchup problem for this wisconsin team it's probably a little bit too big for wall he's too versatile for crowl but then i don't know who you throw at johnny davis like maybe adige has the physical i think adige is a pretty good adige is a decent counter i'm actually okay with that i think adige is too worried about can i go get 30 foot can i go get my buckets yeah that seems (laughs) like that's more his prerogative but um he does have the physical tools to guard johnny davis i will give him that uh, all right, let's move into the first section of the chat mob. Remember to hit that like button. I saw we were racking up likes. I like uh, I like to see that. <laughs> all right, Kai, what kind of questions do we have coming in? Well, guys, we've got to start with the day ball game. That's Canisius and St. Peter's. A weird Mac tip-off here. 
Matthew, I'll start with you. Uh, St. Peter's coming off a, a nice win against Monmouth, I believe. And Canisius been looking a little bit more human after their, their hot start. Seven and a half point spread. Who you got? Yeah, we're kind of sick at Canisius. Like, they've been more competitive, but, man, they folded so hard uh, last game. I, here's a kind of key handicap point here, Jim. Uh, Canisius and Niagara, both two teams that played in the New York area on over the weekend, now playing another early follow-up. So home is pretty much, I would say, zilch. Um, basically, no travel. They're probably going to stay in the city. So that's something you have to keep in mind here. I do lean Canisius. I can't believe I'm saying that. I do lean Canisius here. Total lean? There's a question about the under? Uh, no, I actually like the over. I think this is way too low. I kind of like the over, actually. Interesting. Uh, Jim, North Alabama and Bellarmine. Specifically, the under in this game. Uh, spread seven. Any lean? Um, I kind of like the over. I saw that uh, it was mentioned that like uh, Seems analytics high. sites, Ken and Bart both had lower numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it has been bet up some. So that I like the over. Uh, yeah, it's open one thirty-seven ish, way up. So I, I kind of like the over too. I think both teams can score. Bellerman's offense is really, really tough to stop if you don't have a ton of prep for it. Uh, <clears> and this is kind of a short turnaround game for both coming off the weekend. Although CJ Prim did not play last game. I think he kind of matters for you and I. Brim, sorry. Um, Yeah, Gage Prim, CJ Brim. Thank you, Jim. Kai, go ahead. Matt, one of the weirdest spots. That's a funny comment. Uh, Listening at one and a half times speed. Maddie, can you slow down? That's funny. Don't (laughs) listen at one time speed. Why are we listening to (laughs) podcast at 1.5 times speed? I don't understand that. Okay, Uh, go ahead, Kai. I'll try and talk slower. One of the weirdest, probably the weirdest game of the slate. Ohio State is playing IUPUI. Yes. Um, It's a 33-point spread. Some people kind of like the over in the chat. Do you like the side or the total in this game? I like the over a lot. It's back to the same like the narrative. We've, I like the over a lot. Is that what you said, wow. Kai? You someone like the over? I, just I, I know like these two. Someone likes the over in the chat. These yes. don't feel like over teams, but Jim, I think this is a, why are we playing this game? Um, handshake agreement of let's just kind of run rec ball up and down. You don't need, like it's loosey goosey. I don't think IUPUI could score 50 against Ohio State in that scenario anyways. So I still like yeah, that there. Uh, Jim. Pretty big game that's not on our slate today. Michigan is going to Maryland. Do we know about Hunter Dickinson? Is I think it's playing? at Michigan, right? Excuse, um, sorry, Maryland is going to Michigan. You're right. Do yeah. we know about Hunter Dickinson? Do we know if he's playing today? Spread is seven. Kind of indicates he might be. So apparently he was cleared to play at Illinois. Okay. And he just like didn't because of conditioning concerns. Same with Johns. So I sort of expect them to play. It'd be kind of a, a weak move to sit out both those games coming off of hmm. uh, the COVID quarantine. But especially when you're seven and seven and you absolutely need a win need to right win. Like, yeah. You need is, to win. Yeah. I hope we get the desperate Michigan team that they should be, but I'm starting to mm-hmm. wonder if this is just kind of a bad squad right now. I, I it's, we're getting to the point where either they are mega by low or they're just bad. Matthew. Yeah. I think um, by low, but not tonight. I think I got to see like one game of Dickinson post COVID pause before I buy into it. I got a matching game for you, Matt. Love it's, it. It's Northern Illinois and Bowling Green. Uh, a lot of chatter saying this is Bowling Green's game to bounce back. Are we worried, though? Matheny and Joe Reese, who knows? Are they in and out of the lineup? NIU's yeah. kind of riding high. I, yeah, I don't think we really talked about how bad the COVID situation was for Bowling Green. They had a bunch of guys in protocol over the weekend, and Reese is really important. But, Bowling Green's one of these MAC teams that just has no size, no resistance up front. Reese is like the only guy that can actually give some resistance at the rim. Um, so if he's out, I would be very terrified to back Bowling Green here, even as much as we think NIU stinks. Well, they've been kind of competitive that lately, we should say. I yeah. still think they stink, Matt. I, I really, really do. Uh, <laughs> Jim, Fresno State, Utah State, Fresno favored by two and a half. Spreads actually come down a little bit. Maybe Utah State gets Idle Rock back in the lineup. 
Yeah, I think that's huge. With Brock Miller almost definitely still out, I think it's kind of like described as a long-term thing. They're a big shooter. You take out another wing in Idle Rock. This team's not that deep. That's a lot of Bearstow, and I don't think Bearstow is very good. Uh, Fresno's been awesome, but their guards are erratic. Um, if, if Utah State hits a few shots and loosens up Fresno's defense, they're in trouble. So maybe check that one out early and see what the score is. Matthew Lipscomb, EKU, total specifically. But you can give us an opinion on the side if you so choose. Um, I like the over, but man, it's big. It's been bet up to 163. Um, EKU is bound to break out of this slump. I just think they're too dynamic offensively. They just have had guys in and out of the lineup. I think we'll see them start to put up like 90 point games. Like we're used to seeing with this team. And when Asadula, he could go for 40 and 20. I mean, no one in that conference can guard him. He's absolutely unstoppable. And Lipscomb's defense is so bad. And it's so bad. bad. It's terrible. Uh, Jim battle of Ohio. Ohio is going to Miami of Ohio. And it's minus one spread in favor of the Bob Kittens. What do you think? Man, I know Matt loves his Mac and he loves his Miami mm-hmm. Ohio. Um, I, I'm, I'm interested with this. One. I think Miles Brown should be out of COVID protocol for Ohio. And that's big because they have like no depth whatsoever. Mm-hmm. McDay's out, Dwight Wilson's out. But they have the best player on the floor, Matthew, Mark Sears. And it's hard to bet against that when all they have to do is win. Um, it's probably a better spot for Miami of Ohio. Uh, the, the Bobcats are undefeated, so split on this in terms of just like wanting to ride Sears and thinking it's a better spot for the Oxford fellows. All right. Last one before we get back over says Matthew. Last one before we get back to the rundown here, Jim, we got to talk about our alma mater. Mizzou is heading to Ole Miss. (laughs) Ole Miss favored by seven and a half, which means the spreads come down and people are on the Tigers. Open at nine and a half. I believe Yeah, people are hitting the Tigers. I I wonder if they are just like, well, they lost by 45 on game. That's depressing their numbers and analytics. Like maybe it can't be that bad, but could be. They've pretty consistently been that bad. Uh, likely no Jarkel Joyner. I think for Ole Miss, he's still Probably. out for yeah. a little while. Yep. Um, I just don't really trust this Mizzou team. For me, it's a hard stay away on basically all their games, but maybe someone else out there has a better feel for this team and what they're capable of, Kai, because I don't. Yeah, underlying for me without Joyner. Um, I think Mizzou's shooting is a little bit fluky lately. All right, Jim, back to the rundown. I got more of the chat mob questions holstered for later. Fantastic. All right, we're going to the ACC Potentially the battle for the second best team in the league. You could say that about so many games in this, in this conference, because we don't know who's up there, but it's UNC at Miami, Florida, Matthias, you, uh, I don't know. I'd say we were kind of like hoping to see this kind of a year from Laranega and the hurricanes, but they've been hurt year after year after year. Now they're finally playing really well. They could be undefeated in the ACC had a 50, 50 call gone their way at FSU. Um, And and North Carolina has been pretty solid, but they did, stink it up on the road last time they went to Notre Dame. So what do you see in this one? Yeah, I kind of think we see another UNC stinker on the road. Miami's been off for a whole week too, since that game against Florida state. So you got to give a ton of respect here for home. Um, and I just like Larry like coaching advantage. I know Kai that your boy Dawson Garcia returned last game for the Tar Heels. Uh, in general, I think they're being a little bit disrespected. We always make fun of like, who's the second best team in the ACC. Um, I think UNC is, going to trend in that direction but they're very yeah. spot dependent a little bit erratic i don't trust them on the road as jim said so i do lean the canes here i think if you go by yeah if you go by analytics i mean they're by far the second best team in the acc i guess a little bit over virginia tech i don't believe that at all uh yeah you can see on the road in conference play they pounded georgia tech they pounded boston college they lost notre dame um miami's been playing well they're off a tough loss, like Jim said, and sitting five and one in the ACC. They, they feel the tourney close to them. I, I don't know what to think about this one. I think Miami's offense is a little fluky so far in conference play. Number one offense for Kim Palm, 
uh, versus number one defense, by the way, in UNC. I just think UNC is more sustainable in that matchup. And it's a huge size edge for, edge for UNC. Miami can't guard uh, Baycott, Garcia, Manic. That's a tough front line for them. Yeah. But, Matt, I do agree with you. Larinaga over Davis for me. I don't know. Basically, I'm on the fence, Jim. Small spread, leaning heels. All right, fair enough. Yeah, Baycott should have a, a big game here. Uh, mm. the, the, the total has come way, way down. Like I like under. Like five points down. I'm with it too, Matt. I, I, I lean towards the under. Obviously not a ton of value left after that many points have been eaten away, but still lean that way. Because, um, Kai, I'm surprised. UNC number one defense in the ACC. First, what, three weeks of the season, they couldn't guard yeah, a soul. Right, right. So it's, it's wild that they've at least trended up on that side of the ball. Um, yeah, this one's kind of stay away from me too. I, I would probably take Miami gun to my head, but I am not betting this game. Mm-hmm. Hey, how about Charlie Moore real quick? Just a quick uh, appreciation. Have a nice little year. We've been waiting like seven years for it, but Six. he's finally put it all together. Sixth year in college. You better have yeah. a, <laughs> at least a little bit of veteran experience leading the way. Uh, all right, let's go from that game with a total in the 150s to a rock fight. Mr. McEwen, mm-hmm. Iowa State at Texas Tech. The first game was one of the uglier games I've watched all season. Iowa State, I believe, had one field goal in the first 14 minutes of the second half. Texas Tech had their own scoring issues. There was some late flurry with free throws and stuff that made the the final score look more respectable than it was in terms of a total. But, uh, man, got a lower total than last game. Iowa State got it done, so maybe get some revenge from Texas Tech. What do you think? Total's actually above what last game was now. Yeah, bet up. Wow, I just now saw that you're right. It opened below it, and I, I liked the over because I think that was fluky. Um, yeah, Matt, revenge spot here for Texas Tech. I think that plays pretty large. I think them back at home plays pretty large. They've been unstoppable. They're seven and three against the spread. And I'll ha- and Iowa State just took care of business against Texas. They're 0 and 2 on the road. Terrence Shannon back for Texas Tech, giving them more of a scoring pop. They yeah. lacked in game one against Iowa State. I do think Texas Tech is the side. Eight points seems high, but I'm still leaning towards the Raiders. Yeah, I'm curious what Shannon's workload looks like tonight. He played 18 minutes, was well, relatively probably, quiet, yeah. but just his presence on the floor opens up that offense. You know, you can use him in decoy fashion. Um, no take really on side or total. I think the price for both is about right at this point. You know, laying eight at home, I think you got to respect the, the, the Lubbock home crowd there, no question. But Iowa State, Jim, a top 40 team now. I'm, they're inching up my ranking. So I'm slowly but surely drip, 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 giving respect to the clones as I've just completely shunned them all season. Um, as you should. As you should. The defense so is just, legit for the clones. It is legit. It is legit. And there's offensive um, – there's pockets of like, oh, okay, that's not better. Oh, okay. And But the defense is just too solid. It's a good foundation to, to hang your hat on. Yeah, I kind of see this one as like a mountain decline for the favorite where both teams are going to have a ton of trouble scoring. If, if Texas Tech gets up 12, it's going to feel like an impossible mountain for Iowa State to get back inside the number comfortably. But it's just going to be such a slog. Uh, I would lean towards the dog. One of those low totals, kind of higher conference game. Matt, this is usually your bread and butter for the do- for the, the road I dog. Know. I, I guess I lean the clones. It feels like it's a good time to join them. I've been sort of bashing them all season. Why not come out on the other side? Yeah, Texas Tech was riding high before they went to the Little Apple and got kind of controlled by the yeah. Wildcats this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's go to the A10, guys. Two teams that we thought maybe were the best two, but St. Bonaventure resubmitted their resume last Friday, took out VCU comfortably, uh, a surprise to us. Uh, but we got Davidson at VCU. Davidson writing, I think it's a 13-game winning streak. 
They have not the lost since November 18th, Jim. November yeah. 18th, last loss. Five of the longest in the country, including, wow. you know, that, that streak has some good wins at Richmond, Alabama on a neutral floor. Like, this is a darn good Davidson team, great offense. But surprisingly, Matt, in my research for this game, nine of the last 11 meetings between these two have gone under. I think that makes sense to me, where Davidson struggles to execute their precision half-court offense against the VCU length and athletes, but then also VCU's offense is kind of always a little bit decrepit and struggles to score. I just don't think the number's right to take the under, unfortunately. What do you think? Yeah, I was actually leaning over until you mentioned that trend. And I think you think about the precedent of those two coaches in that matchup. Also, Davidson can just pack it in and like, hey, VCU, go ahead and just shoot your way past us. That doesn't, yeah, yeah, it's just not going to work. Kyle, let's talk side though. Um, Which team's better? Like, yeah. I think if you can look at this handicap in a nutshell, what team do you think is better? Yeah. You could argue maybe Richmond's in a flatter spot coming off the buzzer beater win. I just want to see who is the better team tonight. And, and I think Davidson the spread basically the, sets Davidson up. off the buzzer beater win. Yeah, sorry. Davidson off the buzzer beater is kind of maybe in a worse spot than VCU. But <clears throat> I think VCU is a smidge better. And I don't a smidge. Yeah, it's, this is a simple math edge for me. Two and a half point spread. You're implying either Davidson's better than VCU or VCU's home court is worth two to two and a half points. I reject both, Matthew. I think VCU is better. I think VCU's home court is worth at least three points. Um, I like VCU on the side here. I, I think they get it done, bounce back against Davidson. I also like the under. I get why, Jim, I agree. I get why VCU's defense is tough for them. Um, you, you, it's tough to get clean outside looks against VCU's defense. They really run shooters off the line. They're athletic. Um, Davidson's defense has been very good this year. So I think VCU has a slight edge on that side of the ball. Surprisingly, you wouldn't think about is VCU having an offensive edge. Yeah, Matt, Matt talked about the spot. I think the spot is way better for VCU off the embarrassing loss. Mm-hmm. And, and like like, uh, like you said, oh, that's Davidson, true. Yeah, that was last game. Good point. Fair point. Davidson off the, the buzzer beating win. So I was really hoping to bet VCU here. Two and a half makes me nervous. I, I probably would have laid two, not quite there in two and a half. Maybe I'll just take the money line, guys. We don't usually do that, but um, that is something I'm, I'm highly considering. I think VCU wins. I'm just scared of even like a foster lawyer three at the horn to lose by one in like the, what right. was a four point yeah. game. That's, that's got me a little bit spooked. Uh, but I, I think it's VCU's game. <clears throat> Davidson is man. How good can they be? Apparently this good. Mm. All right. Let's go to the last one on the outline, a big battle in the NAAC, the Mac Iona, likely the, the hardest game on their schedule this is the last game Kai that they're not favored on, on Ken Palm for the rest of the season. So Iona heading to Monmouth, the man Monmouth was embarrassing this weekend. Just no contest at Marist, lost by something like 40 points, and it was arguably not even that close. George Pappas fought out with nine minutes left. Shafar Reynolds was kind of lifeless too. Just an, a, truly an embarrassing performance by Monmouth, but yeah. maybe they were looking ahead to this one. They're, they're Super Bowl hosting Iona, the hype team, the can they go undefeated in the MAC team. I don't know. I, I sort of just kind of buy that Iona's playing way better right now, and that's, that's the story. Yeah, Monmouth's been a train wreck post-COVID pause, and it's a tough opponent, Matt, to bounce back against Iona. But this is a huge rivalry. King Rice especially is always fired up for these games. You know, we've seen the history. I think his players oh, yeah. and the crowd, assuming there's a crowd, not sure if Monmouth is I think it should be a good crowd, crowd. yeah. It should it, be it, good if they're Historically, allowed. it's been awesome crowds both yes. ways, yeah. Spread feels a little bit low based on current form. I mean, Iona's way better than Monmouth at, at the current state, and you could argue – that the Hawks are propped up right now by their awesome non-con and they just aren't the same team. Um, I'd stay away kind of leaning Iona, but I buy the, the, uh, the energy, the hypeness of the Monmouth and King rice rivalry game. 
Whoever hit Iona on the overnights, I think, has the right side. Here's a direct quote from King Rice Kai after the Mariners game. We haven't been right since before the break. And after the break, it usually takes us a little while. But this year is different, Kai. We're not together as a group. We have to get it back. Like, definitely a we're screwed up right now. Like, that's kind of what I get from that. And so now you have to all of a sudden get right in the blink of an eye against the best team in the league by far. Kind of scares me. Um, I know it's a hype home spot, but like MAAC home courts, they are not big, tall, SEC home courts. I would lean Iona, um, but you could argue that there's maybe a, a, some life left in the the Hawks. Yeah. I mean, if you're if very you're deep see inside there, like another big Monmouth performance, this is it. Like, this is got to be the game they've been waiting for to, to start playing really, really well. I'm sure Pappas has a bitter taste in his mouth after the <clears> pathetic, like early foul out last game. I just think Iona is better. I think that the Shima getting Shima back has reinforced their defense yes. in the interior. That's somebody to battle Mr. Walker Miller inside. Uh, I, I, I think this is Iona's game, Matt. I was pointing to myself as you were talking about overnight stuff. Like I liked Iona and at that one and a half. So hopefully that will matter here. All right. Let's go to the chat mob again, Kai. I know there's yep. a lot of questions. We'll get those and then get our best bets out. Yeah. Let's start with Matt here. Butler, UConn. Butler is at UConn, and this actually this flips back on Thursday. UConn will, will yep. uh, visit Butler. Matt Butler looked terrible against Villanova. Does UConn kill uh, kill them? I think they crockpot them, as we like to say, a slow, methodical beating that like, slowly creeps outside the number. I like the under here. I think Butler would be lucky to score fifty in this game. Thanks, ouch. Hey, Jim, Clemson hey. is going to Syracuse, and Syracuse is favored by four points. Too high, too low. Uh, sort of about right. Clemson, this actually, this Clemson team can shoot, which in, in historical matchups here has usually been a problem, but I don't know. Syracuse coming off the home loss to Florida state. I think maybe we get a, a better performance from them. I think this is a more gun to head spot type thing. I'd take the orange, the orange, actual orange, not the orange tigers. Um, but you know, hard to say it's tough to go into that, that, uh, arena and rely on shooting like the carrier yeah. down. It's just a weird yeah. background. Cavernous. Matthew, a lot of love for Eastern Michigan in the chat, which normally I'd be all about because I've bet on this team a hundred times yeah, successfully, I know mostly. I know you're jaded by that. Sorry. I'm actually not on them today against Kent State. Uh, EMU is plus three and a half at home. They bounce back here after a, a weird loss to NIU. My gut was screaming Kent State, um, especially with no Monty Scott last game for Eastern Michigan Kai. And Gio Santiago has been back the last two for the flashes, who I think is really important. Although the box scores indicate he's been like a nothing burger so far. Um, but I think they can completely dominate the paint. Kent State's like the very matchup dependent team, Jim. They have lots of size, unlike many of the other MAC opponents in that conference. Uh, this is one where I think they should assert the will up front. I think I just want to say quick, Santiago isn't about his box score production. It's about taking a little load off carry and making him not have to True. do everything all the time yep. constantly. Um, so him back matters in that regard. Jim, I have a total lean in this one. I like the under, but do you have a side lean in Florida Gulf Coast at Stetson? The line is three and a half in favor of the Eagles. Um, no, I'm with you. I think Rob Perry likely out again. Uh, it's indefinite, and we haven't gotten a full report on what his deal is. Um, I, I would probably lean towards Gulf Coast there, but, man, I don't trust that Gulf Coast team. They are no. just uber talented, and they got smacked, Matt, smacked by Kennesaw State. So I, I just Who haven't quite gotten there with Michael Fly, unfortunately. Yeah, lost by three at home to Liberty, like kind of showed some of their upside, but I just don't trust that team at all. It's a coach I don't trust with a lot of players that are up and down Seesaw every game. Yeah, probably, so probably should have beaten Liberty, but McGee had 48. So. Yeah, McGee was a hero. Yeah. Matt, our Ramblers 
have been sleepwalking. Warriors. Now they go against arguably the worst team in the Valley, the Purple Aces of Evansville, and they are laying 12 points on the road. Any side lean there? Um, no. I kind of like the over. I think the total is like super low and Loyola was playing a little bit faster. And if they start to blow them out, maybe it opens up the game for Evansville. So slight overlane. Yeah. Evansville takes a ton of threes. Hopefully a lot go in. And let some go in. That'd be nice. Jim, UCF is going to East Carolina. UCF needs a win like blood. They are minus three favorites. Yeah, I lean towards UCF. I, I think ECU's maybe riding a bit high after their like late monster comeback against Memphis, including a buzzer beater off the glass. Yeah, UCF, better spot for them. They're a better team, to be quite honest, in my opinion. So I would lean towards the, the Knights on the road. Matt, you, I know you might have an opinion in this game. South Carolina goes against Arkansas, plus 12 are the Cox. Matt, do you like Cox in this game? Yeah. <laughs> you do. You do indeed. I, I like me some Cox, especially today. In the plural form, of course, referring to yes. Mr. Frank Martin, the general, and the boys. 12 Two is too much. I, I, I saw the opening line, uh, the opening movement, I should say, pushed from 10 to 12, and I said, no, 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 not so fast. So, yeah, I'm a cock boy today. Yeah, you are a cock boy today. All right, Jim, Richmond, and Fordham. I think it's like an eight-point spread here. Uh, Fordham obviously no Antonio Day anymore on their roster. Eight-point spread, Richmond, can you trust them? Uh, can't trust Richmond. I mean, yeah, this has to be their game with with day out and not even laying ten on the road. But God, I, I just Richmond has not been able to figure things out. They, no one can light them up like Michael Jones did uh, for for Davidson. So hopefully that works better for them here. But man, it's hard to trust the Spiders right now. Uh, all right, we got Dayton and Bonna. Matt, the Bonnies are they back after that twenty point win? Or are they going to lose on the road to Dayton, a very, very tough home court? This spread is down to one point in favor of the Flyers. Yeah, I kind of like the the early movement. I, I'm not convinced Bon is like a fraud. I, I just think that they're probably need to be priced like they were at the end of last season, not at the premium from last year to this year, because that was really never warranted. It's basically the same team as last year. Um, you know, interchange a few pieces on the bench. But Jim, we know they don't use the bench, so it's irrelevant. I kind of I kind of prefer Dayton and the under, but nothing strong. Maybe Bonnie, maybe, maybe the Bonnies are back. Uh, we got two more guys. Then we're doing best bets. Cal Poly, Jim Bakersfield, kind of weird spot here. Weird game. Poly just beat UC Davis, I think. Yeah, this Which is I like surprising. Poly. I like Poly. This is a disgusting game. I think it's going to be really low scoring with Jacob Davison out for Cal Poly. That has really hampered their offense, although not against Davis. Uh, I think it's more like the Riverside game where they're like a hundred combined points. Yeah. I, I think this one is a slugfest. Lean to Matt, Bakersfield, last sorry, real quick. Bakersfield might have the most disgusting offense to watch. If there's one team that like there. you would want to punish someone, I might go Bakersfield, man. Bakersfield Ooh, is somehow like bottom three in the country in assists and threes taken. Like they, just... they play like <laughs> 1970s basketball. It's insane. Yeah. It's horrible. <laughs> no spacing, no shooting, no skill. Oh, it's repulsive. Sorry, go ahead. No, that's all right. Last one before best bets here. Tennessee, Matt. Vanderbilt. Tennessee, minus six and a half on the road. Uh, lean Tennessee. Of course you do. So yeah. That's one where it's like I, the I Northwestern thing though. where I think half the crowd is Vols fans and the home court doesn't really mean anything. And yeah. Tennessee, I think, comes back here with the, hey, we're still decent effort. I yeah. actually agree. And I think it's because Rodney Chapman matters a ton for Vandy. They've, and he's they've not been right. Apparently. Markedly yeah. better when he's in the lineup and he's not healthy. He's not healthy, yeah. All right, Jim, round us up for best bets. All right, best bets. Who should we lead off with? Well, the outline dictates we go to Matthew. So, Matt, what do you got? 
best bet. Jim, I'm just pretty upset about losing best bets, which I've done a lot the last few weeks. So <laughs> when you're losing, you just kind of ramp up that volume, baby. You just bring out the Tommy gun, start spraying the old board. <laughs> so we're going two sides today. Uh, Manhattan. And this one gives me nightmares because I can think of multiple times in my gambling career where I've laid the old hammer on the Jaspers only to watch them put up a measly 44 points in a disgusting offensive display. But I think this spread is embarrassingly low, uh, just disrespectful to Jaspers, who've been very good this year. So I think minus one against Niagara team, they're just better. Yeah, one and a half. The, one of the hook. Sorry, buddy. That's fine. And you have to two. I said two is my strike because I don't want to lay anything more than two and get you know, hooked on the wrong end of that. I think they're better. So Manhattan minus one and a half is my initial first bet, Kai. And the second one, I'm sure everyone's going to smile or roll their eyes. Ball State, going yep. back to the old Cardinal well. I 13 roll. and a half is a giant number. This team 13. is better than their analytic rankings indicate, their record indicates, what all the fans will tell you. Believe in the Cardinals. You got I think 13. they're better, but... Matt, you're okay. going against you're going against the Toledo rocket ship. Oh, that's terrible. And Toledo Faders Anonymous full. <laughs> the, if the doors open tomorrow, Jim, I, I need it to be because I'm sure I'll be first in line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, Kai, what do you got for us? All right, my best bet, guys. Um, my my best bets have been chillier than Matthew's best bet. So I'm going total this game instead of a side. I'm going the South Florida Houston under as my best bet. It's 124 and a half at Bet Rivers. No shed for Houston. Um, is huge for offense purposes for, for the Cougars. South Florida usually plays mega slow. Now, this first game went 64 possessions. Okay, good. And it hit 149 in the total. That first game closed at 121 and a half. I think it's a huge overreaction by the odds makers, adding three points to this total uh, with one of Houston's better scorers out of the lineup. It's an under for me, 124 and a half, and a gross game, a very gross game, Jim. Yeah, South Florida hit some threes early in that game, and it just kind of turned the – the game on its head and made it like, all right, we got to actually score a little bit, pick up the pace. I think this one starts slow, stays slow and ends slow. I'm with you. I lean towards the under. Excellent. All right. My two best bets. That's right. We have two guys going two for today and I'm, I'm betting aside. And I know this was mentioned a few times in the chat. So I agree with a couple chatters, chat, chat mobsters, air force plus 18 and a half. I believe that's the number. I'll double check it. Um, it was noted that the chat mobbers are all over it. Slow game. Both teams play pretty slow. I think Air Force fully healthy now with Octave back, with Mormon back, A.J. Walker back. They can make this a frustrating matchup for Boise, who really yeah. likes to get to the rim. They've been shooting the ball better. Acott, Deegan Hart, they've been knocking down shots. But I think against this zone, it's going to be a little more tricky for them to get it figured out. And even last year when Air Force was embarrassing, they only won by like 20 in both matchups. It wasn't like they, they had right. the 40-point hammer down. So. Uh, I like Air Force to keep that one close, plus 18 and a half. And my other one is Western Michigan, Akron, the under. This was 134 before the show. Uh, Western Michigan does have a little more potency offensively with B. Artist White in there, but I still think they're playing very slowly. Akron also not a really run up and down type of squad. So I think we see a half court game here, low scoring conference play in the MAC, under 134 and Air Force plus 18 and a half. Those are my two best bets. That's it. Great Anything job, Jim. To add, fellas? I got nothing, Jim. Okay. Man, right. some backlash against my best bets in the chat. Don't love to see that. Thought I had a pretty good loyal Colt following. I think my my <laughs> minions are starting to abandon me here as I've gone cold, Kai. We'll we'll separate the true the Fairweather true fans. followers from the Fairweathers exactly. We'll yeah. find out who's true. We'll find out. Matt, I'm, you'll, we'll see if I'm wearing my Toledo t-shirt on, on the show tomorrow. That's going to oh be the big decider. Yep. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Big old slate of five best bets for the Weavers tonight. Uh, we'll be back same time tomorrow. 
Lots more to talk and discuss. Another show of best bets. Thank you again to Bet Rivers. Thank you to the Field of 68.